It's another episode of BuddyCast. Welcome to all my buddies out there. I'm here with my new buddy, Links Kim. How you doing today, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me on the show. This is great. Glad to have you. <laughs> for those who don't know, my friend Links is a sword swallower and a fellow magician. I didn't say fellow. I'm not a magician unless you count uh, making money disappear, but you know. <laughs> I, I think that's happening a lot right now. There's, there's oh, yeah. no money coming in. There's a lot of money going out, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> if I can make my student loans disappear, that'd be fantastic. Oh, man, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. I always ask that to any magician I make. If you're a real magician, can you make my student loans disappear? And the answer will always be no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I got to ask. Um. How long have you been doing magic for? Oh, man. Um, I actually grew up in a sort of magical family, I'd say. Uh, my mother was a uh, magician from France, a street magician. And uh, so I, I started when I was – she well, she started teaching me magic when I was around 10. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm – well, just to kind of give you an indication, I'm 47 now. Um, so I, in, I think in my formative years, uh, I magic, I grew up doing it and didn't start performing professionally until I was about 15. So, nice. this is, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cruising into my 34th, 35th year of performance. Nice. And you told me that you're also a sword swallower. Yes, I am. Uh, I've been doing that as well uh, since I was about the age of 16. So, yeah. you know, misspent youth, running into a lot of <laughs> circus folks and then just kind of picked that up and, and have been doing that. So, as about that, how did you how did you get into sword swallowing? Um, that's actually a good a, a good question. I uh, started, well, okay, so I'm going to give you a little backstory and mm-hmm. here. Uh, when I was uh, when I was 15, I ended up moving to San Francisco. Um, and I had lived there earlier, but I had moved away and then I was coming back. And then um, what happened was if you if you go to San Francisco, I don't know how many people that go out there, but there's a place called Pier 39, Fisherman's Wharf, all these places. And if you go along the the, the promenade there, there's there's a ton of street performers. And the street performers there really made it a thing. It's like the the mecca, if you will, of for street performers. It's one of the, the historical places for them to go to and perform. And they, they say if you if you perform there there or Boston you've made it right like and um, but I I went there when I was fifteen and there was a guy, uh, that was a juggler. And at the time I was just doing card tricks, uh, in front of uh, this place called uh, uh, Pier One, and it's like the big hub where all the ships come in and stuff like that. And I was I was just performing card tricks and little. Back then, I didn't know what I was doing, so I, you know, I was trying to figure it all out. And he told me, he goes, you know, you should come down to the pier at the end of the pier where Pier Thirty Nine is and all that, and and watch the street perform. 
Pops. And I, and I did. I followed him down there and I went and looked. And, and there were so many of them, so many great ones like uh, Butterfly Man. He was the one that actually picked me up and took me down there, um, Robert Nelson. And then, um, you know, there was the Raspini Brothers. There was uh, all sorts of uh, amazing individuals that were down there and one of them caught my eye because you know a lot of the guys are i didn't i'm not a i'm not a very coordinated person when it comes to like juggling you know like, right. so uh i you know i went over to this place called the cannery now there was two spots there was pier 39 the cannery and the cannery used to be open and the cannery people would go and perform there as well it's, it's not open anymore you know the only place now is pier 39 in the wharf um but when they were there there was, a, there was a guy that was visiting his brother in Salcedo, and uh, he did a show. And I remember watching this show, and it was just amazing. It was like he was swallowing swords. He was doing magic, and it was just a – his name was Johnny Fox. And he's, he's based out of Maryland, but he was only there for a short time. And I remember I bugged him for the couple of weeks that he was there because he was visiting his brother, and I bugged him every single time that he would come out. And I was like, you got to teach me. You got to teach me. You got to teach me. And I was very persistent. Finally, one day he just broke down, gave me a few pointers. He was like, I, I and I think he did it out of pity. It wasn't so much that he wanted to do it. He was just like, Oh my God, get this kid away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so so he showed so he gave me some tips and tricks and he said, you know, if you could if you could swallow this or practice swallowing and let me know, then I will give you a few more pointers. So I did. I, I practiced what he showed with me and and then finally afterwards I uh showed it that I showed him that I could do it. And uh it kind of just escalated from there i just uh, uh you know i picked up my first sword when i was 17 uh because before then it was just all these practice tools um and through his tool age i ended up learning a lot and, and yeah. so that, so now i've been doing it for as long as i remember i i did take a little bit of a hiatus away because at one point i thought about i, I ended up getting a real job well quote unquote real job <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and whatever that means i don't know what that means but there's a real job and then um i, I went and, and tried to do that for a little while and then i found out that i was uh socially inept when it came to, to real jobs and uh, what didn't have real good work ethic with other people so it's being a, a solo guy now <laughs> that's that's kind of a long-winded way of saying how i got started in smooth swallow that's nice. We like long stories here. So uh, I got to ask, what about any funny stories from your time performing? You know, whether it be magic or sword swallowing, anything that just. Oh, man. Okay. Funny stories. Okay. Now this, this actually doesn't pertain to me a little bit. It pertains to somebody else. I'll, I'll give you one about me, but I mm -hmm. remember I was in Provo, Orem, Utah, uh, and I uh, was living up there and uh, staying out there for a while. And there's a magic shop that used to be at the university mall. I don't know if anybody in, Orem or Provo remember this. Uh, there, there's a magic shop that used to be out there, and there's this guy who's an amazing magician. Uh, he looked like Harry Anderson. The guy was just awesome. And um, him and I had been talking for a while, and he used doves in his show, right? And uh, for the magicians out there, you know what I'm talking about. Live animals are kind of a pain in the ass to work with, all right? Unless you're really dedicated and that's all you really want to do is work with live animals, then. Uh, more power to you. I, I can't do that. <laughs> but uh, this guy was, he, he used doves in his show. And he had a, uh, a bottom loading bowl that put a dove into it. And so when you, you, what you would do is you put a cloth over it. The dove would get loaded into the bowl. You'd pull the cloth away and this dove would fly out. All right. Now, um, 
it was my job to help load and load up the mechanisms and stuff like that. And I did it right. I know I did it right. The dove was alive when it went into the bowl. And in, in the bottom of the hatch, there's this like, I'm not trying to give away too, too much, but there's a spring loaded thing that helps the dove come out. Right. So we're sitting there and he's doing a children's show. And we're, we're like, all right, the, you know, kids are like right up on you. They don't, they have no social boundaries whatsoever. And this, this we loaded up, I'm watching him and he's going at it and he, well, and he whisked away the, the, the cloth. This dove comes flying out of the bowl, but it wasn't flapping its wings. No, it was dead. <laughs> and it hit this kid right in the face. <laughs> it just smacked this kid in the face. And you hear nothing but screams and kids just running away. <laughs> and there's this dead dove just sitting on this kid just crying, just dripping these tears. And of course, I was dripping tears, and it wasn't because I was crying. It was because I was sad. It was I was laughing so hard at this kid just getting. And it, I wish back then that cell phones were around, uh, because this, this was like late '80s, early '90s. There was no cell phones at this time, and and uh, I wish I could have gotten the expression on this kid's face because it was just like this morbid, like distraught of like. This, this dead bird is sitting in my lap, you know, because they're Indian style on the floor and it's just sitting there. <laughs> he doesn't want to move and he's just crying. It's uh, my best. Mo that that was the funniest thing that I had ever seen. Now, now one that's happened to me, though, uh, performing magic. So I'm doing a, you know, when you're when you're a young magician and you're coming up, of course, you take as many gigs as you can to get the exposure that you need to, to get the word out there that, you know, you're, you're doing stuff. And I uh, I did this gig um, for a battered children's center, right? And so it's all these kids that have been, and now I will preface this with, you know, the gig was fine. The kids loved everything. But what I didn't know, and, and this was this was pointed out later, um, was that, so I was doing a, a zombie routine. And I had the zombie and it was floating around. It was just doing these beautiful things right beautiful things and I, I brought the zombie down i put it into the box and I, I you know i did the push move and pushed it back into the box and whisked away the towel and, and closed it now i did this all standing behind a table right and one of the uh, social workers was sitting off to the side and what i didn't know at the time and, and luckily i stayed behind the table because they had a they had a rule where we couldn't come out into into the kids area we had to stay on the stage behind it you know and keep ourselves distance and i was practicing this thing and, and i don't know how many else how many other people practice it but when you try to stay in one place you're not moving around too much and they can get that center of attention on you i uh i had the box standing in front of me and i didn't break away from the box so i i, I feel very fortunate what i didn't know was that when i was standing behind it and there was a lady off to the side in the wings watching she had to get my attention and i looked over for a split second and i saw her and i was like well what's going on i did not know that my pants were unzipped and my junk was just hanging out because i was free balling that day <laughs> and it was just hanging out behind this thing and I, I didn't realize it and so she kept pointing and pointing and pointing and i look over and i finally looked down and i was like oh 
Oh no, 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 no. Tucked it back. There was a, there was a moment. It was a weird, awkward moment where I had to turn around <laughs> and luckily I was still behind the case and, and, and that was it. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, that was one I've had, I have a ton of them, uh, sword swallowing. Obviously there, there's plenty there. I don't want that. That's a lot. That's a, I could go on for days about the sword swallowing mm -hmm. stuff. And, and things like that. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. Those were, so those were some embarrassing moments. Well, yeah. You know, when you can stand in front of a whole room with your schlong out and not realize it, you're doing good. <laughs> and still keeping their attention. It's, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> just don't look down. That's all you gotta do. Just like on just like on just don't look down. Just don't look down. Yeah. Oh so I also see that you run your own podcast that show. Is that correct? I do. Uh it's called the Body Vaudeville Hour. Uh you can find it on all your major medias, uh, iTunes, uh, iHeart, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, it's it it's been great, and actually, you know, it's funny. I'm um, coming onto this podcast because I was I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, I'm wrapping up this season. I've done uh, 18 interviews. Um, all of them, most of them are <clears throat> high end professional people, uh, kind of like this, where you get to hear about uh, their their upbringing and how they got into the business and things like that uh i've had like uh, i feel blessed i've i've had actors magicians uh variety performers um everybody from all different types walks of life on that show um kind of give you like i had todd robbins on there just not too long ago um i had billy kid uh, from uh um i've had uh paul debeck from the illusionists on there um, and then um and then actors, I've I've got some great actors. I've got um, Jack Yang, who is a one of the stars for uh, Shadowhunters, is on there. Um, but yeah, so some pretty um, pretty big name people in the industry on that show, and I feel very blessed to have them. Uh, honestly, th it all came from just you know being in the situation we're in now with the whole pandemic. I mean, what are you going to do, right? I mean, there's the virtual shows, which I completely tip my hat to the people that can do those. And I have mad respect for mm -hmm. them. I am not a virtual show guy. I am a, a, a talker. Mm -hmm. like I'm doing now. Just do, 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 do. But uh, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, that podcast has been a labor of love. Uh, there's so much going on with it. Um, right now, like I said, we're pro I'm probably going to take a hiatus for uh, another month or two before we start back up. I've got some great people on the lineup for, the, the upcoming episodes uh, of a buddy of mine, Kristen Kajikal, uh, who's a, who's won numerous awards um, has done. Uh, he's got his own uh, ghost, ghost walk through San Francisco. So um, I know that at one point we were supposed to do a thing with Todd Robbins and do a, a spectacular on the podcast, but I don't know if that's still going to happen because there's been a lot that's been changing in my life lately. So, uh, but I, I do have a few other people's um, on that on that list. Uh, Dan Holtzman, who's a juggler, he was with Raspini Brothers. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> and then you know, I'm reaching out to a few others. I'm reaching out right now. I got to actually. It's funny before I came on to this day, I had a little list. My list mm -hmm. was Frank Olivier, and if you guys don't know who he is, oh man, look this guy up. Freaking amazing an amazing juggler first of all just in general respected by the older peers as one of the an innovator of like magic stuff and uh and just all-around comedian 
you know, just funny, funny stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then of course, uh, I'm in talks with uh, Jamie Kennedy from the Kennedy Experiment, things like that. But you know, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the the podcast is is one of those things where. Like you, I don't know. I don't know about you because this is yours. I'm actually, you know, I got to tell you, I'm really, this is a cool little setup you got here, uh, being able to see each other live and doing this live. Yeah. One. I, uh, mine doesn't do that. Mine's all pre recorded. And I said, uh-huh. and then it's mainly because I'm lazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I love when everyone is always asking, like, is this going to be some pre recorded stuff where you're going to change all the audio or like, I'm like, nope, this is live stream. You say it, it's on. <laughs> so just a little heads up there. But um hey, speaking of Daniel Holzman, if you get him on your show, tell him Nick says hi. I will. I will. Yeah. He was on he was on this show about a couple about a month ago or so. And good guy. Yeah. I love the little I love the little quizzes he puts online, you know, those uh I think yeah. he calls them like quipsels or something. Yep, him and his IJA. Did you not? Did he tell you about the Ring Dama? Was he on there about Ring Dama? His his toy. I think so. That name sounds familiar. That thing sounds familiar. Oh, and he put out a great toy. So Dan was my comedy coach uh, for a while. Uh, mm. You know, I we've known each other for years now, and um, and he was my comedy coach. If he, if for the listener, for the people that are watching, the people that are listening. Uh, Make sure you look up the Raspini brothers. They're they're iconic. They really are. They've been on Letterman. They've been on Leno. They've been on uh, every freaking talk show you could possibly think of. And uh, Dan and Barry and and Barry, make sure you look him up as well. Um, his partner, very very funny. Two very funny and 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 both on opposite ends of the spectrum, which I always find interesting. You know. Um, but yeah, uh, comedy-wise, he's always out there for coaching for those magicians that are coming through that want to learn comedy. Hands down, probably one of the best comedians I have ever witnessed. Um, seriously. Uh, so yeah, check check him out for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I have to ask you: outside of magic and sword swallowing, what do you? What are some of your hobbies? What do you like to do and all that? Oh, <laughs> well. Um, so as one does, uh, because they have <laughs> no no real social life outside of performing. Uh, <laughs> my my hobby, uh, I uh, okay. So I can't say I'm a cosplayer. I don't cosplay, mm-hmm. uh, but I do build props. Uh, I do like uh, prop building. It's one of my mm. favorite things to do. Uh, so to kind of give you an idea, um, let's see. Here's. Like my current projects right now, I am working on all Ghostbuster stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, but that that's something that has been near and dear to my heart because of of uh, my 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 late father. Uh, so a lot of that's a dedication to him. But in the past, I've built uh, I I've built lightsabers. I've built uh, I uh, built a full size TARDIS. Um, I built uh, a flea circus. Um, which I'm very proud of. The Flea Circus is actually, I will be performing that. That's actually going to be going into my Renaissance shows at the end of the day. Um, and then, um, but amongst many, many other things, I have S- Spider-Man stuff, you name it. Um, but I don't go to cosplay conventions. I, I, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't do any of that stuff. And it's, and I, and it, it is weird because I'll get people hitting me up going, going, when, when are you going to the next cos convention? I'm like, I'm not. 
I don't do that. I, I, I stay at home and I just build these things. And then I get people that are like, Oh, well, can you, if, if I pay you, will you build me some of the stuff? I'm like, no, just go do it yourself. Really. It's, it's not hard. It's really not. So, but that's, that's my hobby. I mean, I've got a dog, three-legged dog named zero. I walk, I walk him. My wife, my wife, God bless her. She, uh, I, she has to put up with all this because we, we, I travel fully, uh, uh, full time all year when there's not a COVID situation going on, and I perform at Renaissance festivals now. That's my full time job, uh, and uh, I love it. So, but we stay in a thirty five foot or thirty six foot fifth wheel. Um, so, because we travel so much, we don't we don't have a house. So my front living room is filled with building equipment just to build props. <laughs> so that's that's how far my my hobby's going. And and the fact that she is like down with just letting that happen is incredible so you know you don't find too many women that will do that most women will be like you, you got to put that away there's, there's no way she's okay. like I, I didn't sign on for a 12 year old to live with you need to go and like do that you see that you see kids that's the thing you tell after you get married right and i did i saved it because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that makes your wife go what did i get myself into yeah. Um, other than that, like, uh, I'm not a big video game player, uh, but I did end up getting a Spider-Man PS4 just recently. Nice. And um, yeah, and so I've got some video games now, and I've kind of got so I play an hour of video games in the morning. I don't play anything past that. And uh, and, and then um, yeah, I that, that's that's basically it. Like, I don't I don't do uh much else. Other than I, I play a little bit of video games, I build things right now during COVID. Um, as far as rehearsals go, I don't, I don't, I haven't really. My last gig was in March. That's a wait. Yeah. So you know, um, but you know, I obviously as 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 somebody that does it full time, you know, I do keep a collective notebook on new ideas new practices and things like that but yeah as far as hobbies go that's uh that's pretty much it there's not there's not Ooh. too much else i'm kind of a boring guy outside of <laughs> <laughs> so now if anybody ever came over they would be like wow what the hell is all this you know yeah. they'd be like yeah it's, it's fine yeah. yep so i gotta ask you mentioned it like you mentioned it in this past question you know we obviously were in a time of a pandemic. The last time you performed was in March. You said, um, "How else have you been handling the impact from COVID?" Like, you uh, know, um, it's uh, it's a strangely visceral kind of thing uh, because the, you know, as as a performer, you're all, having that interaction with a live audience or somebody that does live shows as opposed to working on television or on those, those other things. Having that energy feedbacks is is something that you crave so when you don't have it um you i, I don't know if i'm allowed to cuss on this show or not um, yeah. keep it mild <laughs> okay i'll keep it mild uh you go crazy yeah you, you go crazy you know you just kind of so coping it with with me is i i've i've uh i've taken on new things as far as like uh learn you know learning things like you know you pick up books you read more you try to learn more um you try to stay creative as much as you can until things open back up. Um, a lot of the guys that have jumped on the virtual shows, 
I am such an energy monger that it doesn't, for me, it doesn't translate well, but, uh, and that's why I tip my hat to them. I'm so glad that they're doing it because I think that that art still needs to go out there. Um, I personally have still have that struggle bus of trying to connect with that. Um, I, de I definitely, um, you know, um, still have like practice moments and things like that. And I've come up with new ideas and new routines and, and things to socially distance and keep, uh, you know, keep the act friendly for people. Um, but yeah, I don't know how things are going to turn out, man. Like they're, they're weird right now. Everybody's, it's so strange. And, you know, uh, luckily I, I had enough savings going on, um, that I can live off of, uh, you know, my wife and I, we do get, you know, the pandemic unemployment. So, uh, for right now. So that's helping out. Um, I'm not saying that we're, you know, uh, I, I think we, I, we're very blessed as far as we are not struggling like some people. So I, I feel very pri privileged and blessed for that. So I, I don't want anybody thinking that we're on, you know, hard times or anything like that. We're not, it's just, you know, you just need a little assistance here and there. Yeah. Here and there. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, and I'm not sure how else my other friends are doing it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, a lot of, like, uh, Atlanta is doing a bunch of, you know, virtual and stuff like that. And my buddy, Joe Diamond, who just got through doing a, a penguin lecture, um, is doing a lot of virtual stuff. Um, and watching them do their virtual things, is very inspiring, you know, um, uh, it, but there's they're they're mentalists and they're I think mentalism is the one area where it's set up automatically from the get-go for virtual shows and things like that. Um, I do have I do have uh, ensemble troops like uh, Tourette's Without Regrets out of Oakland. Uh, those guys uh, put on a virtual show once a month and crazy insane good stuff. Uh, I've had companies ask me if I would do them, but I still don't feel comfortable doing them, so I just kind of. I pass them over to some friends. That's it. That's, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, um, I'm not a very political person, so you know, I don't. Uh, I mean, I watch the debates. I watch and I keep up with it. I keep informed, but I I keep my opinions to myself mostly. Uh, but yeah, that's how I'm kind of handling uh, this. Is just taking it one step at a time, day by day. You know. Nice. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Just one step, like they say in a movie, one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I gotta ask you real quick: What is who are some of your idols for when it comes to magic, sword swallowing? Oh man, that is a that's an excellent question. Idol wise, okay, sword swallowing hands down, Johnny Fox. He's passed. He's no longer in this ether plane of existence, but he was my mentor, and. uh Still to this day, I still consider him the king of swords. Um, and, and, and if you guys don't know who that is, just look it up on YouTube. There's plenty of videos on him. Um, very funny guy. Uh, magic wise is all over the place. Magic wise, it's just it's nuts. Okay, so, um, uh, man, how do I how do I where do I go? My influences magic wise, besides my mom, was Michael Lamar growing up um you know that was one of them uh the other one was uh jeff mcbride obviously was in that group uh, mm -hmm. but now, but now i know jeff kind of anyway mm -hmm. um <laughs> uh and uh let's see uh 
street performance wise, uh, it was Butterfly Man, Gazo. Um, I don't want to leave him out because, well, that stupid cup and ball routine. If you're a street performer out there and or if you're getting into the cups and balls routine, stay away from it. Just stay away from his routine. <laughs> All right. Just it's fine to look at and, and don't fall into the trap of doing it. I fell into that trap um, and it did great with it. But but uh, it is one trap that you want to stay away from. Just just trust me when I say that. Uh, I, I would say buy buy his DVDs though, just to kind of learn the ins and outs because he does have great pointers. Um, uh, mentalism wise, it would have been uh, Banachek for sure, Steve Shaw. Um, overall presentation and performance, there's so many: Lance Burton, David Copperfield, Dan Sperry, you name it. Just uh, there, there's just it's so many, and that's the thing about magic though is. There's, there's so much information coming out pretty much every single day. It is the one uh, is the one form or the one art form where uh, no matter what time of day it is, there is something being published. Every, almost every 10 to 15 minutes, there is something brand new coming out. And, and it is hard to keep up with. And then you got to sift through all the stuff to see which one is great and which one is not. You know, so that's uh, but yeah, as far as influences go, um, I would say those, and then of course, my major influence as far as the comedy aspect of it, um, God rest his soul, is uh, um, we just talked about him too, just just now. Oh man, uh, God, well, I can't believe I'm blanking on this, and this is live too. I'm so sorry, people. Uh, <laughs> uh Night Court, uh. Dang it, he's in my head. Why can't I say it? Out? Harry Anderson. There we go. Yeah. Harry Anderson. Now, I will say um, not all of the influences are magic or, or sword swallow related. Like, um, you know, uh, obviously Robin Williams. Uh, um, and then, of course, uh, Steve Martin. Um, and uh, who, who, uh, who else was in that? Uh, George Carlin. Those three. Like hands down, if there was any kind of influence, hands down are, are those three. Uh, I was talking to Paul DeBeck about that, and he was he was in the same boat. He was like, "Yeah, those are those are the three. You know, <laughs> if, if you're gonna have an outside influence, um, and then of course uh, Mike Myers, uh, just for Austin Powers' sake. I mean, oh yeah, you know that's a that's a that's a given. Uh, and Bill Murray, I, I'll put Bill Murray in that genre too. But you know, um. One day I'd love to meet Bill, but he's getting up there, man. I think he's going to die on me soon. I'm trying to get, that's my bucket list. <laughs> um, but yeah. So th those, I mean, outside of, outside of magic, I would say uh, those, those are my influence inside of magic. You got those. And then, um, and then obviously, uh, you know, sword swallowing. I only have one really that I look to, but yeah, that's it. Nice. Nice. Now I'm going to ask you three questions that I always ask my friends that come here on this show. Go First, I got to ask, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that nice cup from? Oh, uh, the unicorn mug. Uh, this. <laughs> show this. Uh, this, uni uh, this unicorn mug came from, and 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 they're not around anymore. It came from ThinkGeek.com, uh, hmm. uh, that got bought out by GameStop. Um, but I believe you can still, they're rare now, but I think you can still buy them online. You just got to scour for them. Mm -hmm. um, 
actually bought this for my wife. She doesn't really use it too much, so now I use it pretty much. Our eclectic. We have an eclectic uh, array of mugs that mm -hmm. are all themed, and I, yeah. I use those. Yeah. So the first question is, if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Uh, can I put that with two? Because they go yeah. simultaneously. They go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, uh, the Rescue Foundation is would be my top choice, uh, and it, and it's because it's near and dear to my heart. Um, Rescue is uh, uh, Renaissance. Okay, let me let me see if I I can make the. I don't want to screw this. Renaissance Entertainment Services Crafters United, um, and what it is is uh, it is a charity that helps out people that work in the Renaissance industry because a lot of these people. Um, don't have we don't have 401ks and we don't have uh health insurance and things like that um especially if you're traveling the circuit and now this di deals directly with medical bills so it's not so much like um they're not going to help you out with housing or anything like that but if you have a medical issue or something like that um they they will help back renaissance uh workers in in that direction you know um um so yeah, Danielle Dupont uh, used to be the president. I think she might still be the president of that of that organization. Uh, you can always contact her through Facebook. Um, you can actually look up Rescue on Facebook, or it's rescue.org. You can find them online. Uh, the one that goes hand in hand is RCF, which is Renaissance Catastrophe um, Service Assistance. I think is is that right? Uh, did I say that right? Foundation? No, uh, Entertainment Foundation, Renaissance, something like that. I'll have to look that up. I'll, I'll give that back. I should have that down in here. I'm sorry I'm blanking. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but RC uh, helps out during um, things like this, like the pandemic. So if you are displaced, if you have uh, financial issues that you do need to get covered, they help out. And it's for the Renaissance Fair industry. Um, but they go hand in hand. So you have one that does medical and you have one that does um, other things. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the one form, it's the one area of, of uh, entertainment. I think that where people actually united to bring these fronts together to help each other out. And, and I, I support all that. Nice. Very nice. I like that idea. Just a way to help others, you know, help others rebuild during a time like this, especially, you know, who predicted that they would have, Made it especially for time during this, you know, like yeah. where's that? Well, just in case a national or a worldwide pandemic hits, and you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my next question to you is: If you, or in your own words, how would you define what a buddy is? Um. Oh man, that is a that is a good one. Um. So. I guess a buddy's fit to me, it would be like, well, so the, you know, when I think about the technical term of it, it's just like two people getting together and they're buddies, you know, they hang mm -hmm. out, they go do things. Uh, but today in today's day and age, I think a buddy is more like family. You know, I think it's uh, somebody that has your back when you need them, somebody that will uh, support you when you need the support or uh, guide you through uh, your best times or your difficult times. I think those are, uh, you know, a buddy is there to lend a hand. I think that's kind of sums it up for me. You know. Nice. And now it's time for what I call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. 
You ready for this? Yes. Shoot. For anyone who wants to be a performer, what is your advice? <sighs> Get paid. No. <laughs> um, my my advice, uh, if you're just starting out and you're you're looking to get into this one uh craft your show first uh get into it make figure out what what it is that you want to do and make it yours um there's going to be a lot of people that will influence you out there there's going to be a lot of people that are going to tell you what to do but ultimately in the end it is up to you to make those defined decisions about what you want to be as a performer um and write them down, write everything down. Um, this is something that I think, uh, most, most, uh, most performers or uh, pro, pro performers do. They, they find a way to either write it down, record it, or some way, even if they're not writing it down, they're, 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 you know, they're finding ways of keeping track of it and, and make sure you have a steady focus, focus on, on what it is that you want to do with your performance. Um, and then after that, find a place to perform it. You know, here's the thing is, um, you know, um, time is really what it's all about. It's like you, as an individual, just have to put the wrench time in, you know, uh, and you want you're gonna you're gonna start from the bottom to, in order to work your way up. Um, you know, and offer your services to to I, I wouldn't say, you know, don't try to get paid just yet. A lot of, a lot of performers are like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and now I'm going to go get paid for it. Don't worry about that just yet. Find a place that you can perform it at and get good at it. And once you're good at it, then go get paid for it. You know, hone that skill. Um, hone it before you want to get paid for it. Because here's the thing is if, you, if your quality of work is below par and you're trying to get paid for it, it's ruining it for the rest of us. So just make sure that you're, you're up there and, uh, and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to, I, I find that if you're the, the best place to practice a show, if you're, if you've got a show and you're worried about, Oh, well, how am I supposed to get performances? Go out in the streets, perform it out on the street. I, you know, to this day, I think that street performing is the best avenue of performance skill that you can take up. I really do. Uh, because there is no way that you cannot have an audience. Well, I mean, there is, but there is no way that you cannot not find the time to perform. Um, I was talking to Billy Kidd about this a, a little while back. She's like, I don't understand how these people uh, do not, you know, magicians will come up with 15 minute bits because they got, you know, that's a whole bit is about 15 minutes. You know, but they don't extend past 45 minutes. And when you ask them, why haven't they extended past 45 minutes? Most of them go, well, I haven't had, there's no way, nobody's hiring for 45 minute shows. That's not true. You can, you can go right now out down on Fremont Street in Las Vegas and do a 45 minute show. You could go to San Francisco and do a 45 minute show. There are ways to do it. So get the practice in, go do your shows, practice to your heart's content. Don't worry about the money. That will happen uh, eventually, you know. Right now, just get to the point to where you are uh, comfortable in your own skin, you know. And I, I think that's the advice that I would give people. That was beautiful advice. 
truly beautiful. Just be comfortable, be you, then worry about the money, you know? Right, exactly. Because so, that's how you start to get paid. That's how you start to get paid in the in the long run, just being good at what you do, you know? Yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of these guys, the, the newer guys are like, well, you know, think that it just happened overnight for us, and it, it doesn't. It's, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. And when people go, oh, I don't consider this a job, well, you're wrong. It's a job. You have to, do, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different form of a job. That's all. Yep. Reminds me of one of my favorite sayings. Every champion was once a contender who refused to give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah. All righty. On that note, I'm Nick Sorensen. This is my buddy, Lynx Kim. Thank you so much for being here on BuddyCast. It was a pleasure to have you. Tune into his podcast as well. So, but on Thanks, that Nick. note, yep. On that note, I'm going to leave you with one piece of advice that I tell everyone that comes on the show. Go be someone's buddy today. Uh, nice. Nice. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. When the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast, buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Don't feel like it could make